1: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What does motion sound like? With Kizzik Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizikcom socks. Hello everyone
0: and welcome to episode, really I'm going to call this, 111. This week's guest is so fun, this is a live episode coming at you from this weekend at BroadwayCon where we literally had the best time ever. I actually ended up doing two panels, so two episodes in one day. Um, I didn't say that uh, on the podcast last week because I didn't know if the second one was going to end up happening it ended up happening, and we have a major guest coming up. Uh, she's actually already been on the podcast, but this it was just very exciting to get her back on, to talk to her about all the new things that's going on in her career. Um, I guess I'll just come out and say it. Uh, Gabriella Pozzolo came back on the podcast, and we will be releasing her episode um, next week. And... I'm just so excited. It was a great episode. We talked all about Stranger Things. She also has an HBO Max show coming out, uh, which is the Pretty Little Liars original Sin. Um, it was It's part of the Pretty Little Liars franchise, obviously. Um, and that's coming out at the end of the month. So we're going to push that one to next week to get some talk about it before it comes out. Um, very exciting stuff. And then, of course, this week's guest is with Catherine Gallagher. And we literally had the best time. This episode is so much fun with these live episodes, especially at Broadway Con, it's just like everyone's geeking out about Broadway. Everyone's so excited to be there. Everyone's excited to meet new people. Um, so just you you really get a sense of that in this episode. Um, there are some major fans of Catherine's there. Um, and that was just incredible. I literally like I didn't know what to expect. And like, that was everything that I ever wanted and more. Um, we have a bunch of fan interactions during the podcast we have them yell out some questions uh we're we're basically talking to them you'll see in Gabby's episode we really have like a full-blown conversation with one of the audience members um it's it's awesome Th- these episodes these next two weeks are so so fun um you guys are going to love them for sure um so I can't wait for you all to listen to it but before we turn it over to the episodes as always we got to talk about some Broadway news more this week than ever. There has been some drama on Broadway and like I'm here for it because I mean, why not? I mean, it's Broadway, so why shouldn't there be drama? Um, Anyways, some major, major drama, but uh, we're going to break it down in a second. I just want to start off by saying happy closing to American Buffalo because I didn't mention it in last week's episode. It closed this past week alongside Plaza Suite and Macbeth. Um, So I wanted to mention that. And, of course, happy official opening to Into the Woods. Very exciting stuff. This happened on Sunday. It was crazy. This weekend was wild, y'all. We had uh, the opening of perhaps one of the biggest Broadway shows in a long time, or the most anticipated Broadway show in Into the Woods with the New York City center buzz and everything that's been going on around it. Um, And then we had Broadway Con and we had Broadway Barks. And then we had all of this – additional drama this past week it's just been a it's been a week for broadway so uh i'm here for it and i'm ready to talk about it um i guess we'll just dive right in now uh beanie feldstein had heard wind that funny the funny girl team and the producers of funny girl uh were thinking about moving the show into a new direction as she so claimed uh on an instagram social media post um Unfortunately, she got wind, and before they really, I guess, went through, like, telling her about the New Direction and everything like that face-to-face, she kind of said, listen, I'm done, I'm not, I'm, I'm, they, they released without her knowing that she was going to be uh, ending the show um, some point in August, September it turned out that she actually was like, nope, I'm done. She put in her notice. She's going to be done July 31st. So for the month of August, the role of Fanny Bryce will be covered by, by the two un- current understudies, Julie Benko and Effie Ardema. Um, I may be pronouncing that wrong, so I'm incredibly sorry if I am Effie. Um but uh, both I've heard are, are wonderful Fanny Bryces. And then, of course, in the month of September, September 6th, they are bringing in Leah Michelle to the role of Fanny Bryce of Funny Girl on Broadway. And it's created a lot of controversy. I don't know what to say about it. Because, like, I don't know. I have mixed feelings. Because obviously, Leah Michelle has this history. Of being very controversial very she's made racist remarks and has had a lot of bad publicity just because she she has not been the brightest in interviews and the comments that she's made in the in in past um however you can't you her talent is, is just ridiculous her she's incredibly talented she has this history of fanny bryce from Glee. Um, so everyone kind of wanted to see her in this role. Everyone wants to see her do it live. Um, when the show was announced, it was always, oh my God, is Leah Michelle going to be doing it? It was always Leah Michelle. Beanie Feldstein never really came up. And then Beanie Feldstein was announced, and everyone was super excited about it. Well, now Beanie is getting tough reviews and all of these conversations around her performances in, in the show. And uh, the, the company just simply isn't making money. Um, if they continued at the rate that they are go- going, they were going to be closing within the next month or two. Um, now that they have kind of made a casting change and they they brought in two big names, actually, which I didn't even mention because Leah Michelle isn't the only new cast member who's going to be coming into Funny Girl. Jane Lynch is also leaving Funny Girl, the same date as Beanie Feldstein, and she will be replaced by Tova Feldshu. And again, I... I maybe mispronouncing that I'm incredibly sorry I'm not great with names and even when I hear them I'm still like oh my god, I don't even know um but but so exciting um, th- this is like a, a new wave it's getting great conversations around the show again. It's got people buying tickets again. it's like sold out already for when Leah Michelle comes so like the show now has life and, and for a little bit um and it's very very unfortunate what's going on with Beanie and how it, it all happened um it's it's not it doesn't look great on the company it doesn't look great on the producers i mean obviously like the company of like the cast has nothing to do with it and the cast is actually pretty heartbroken because they are all huge fans of beanie um they've said nothing but great words about her about her being a great leader and a great performer and all these things and that the press is unfair and everything like that um so they've had her back, but they're also very welcoming and excited. It seems to join uh, to welcome the new cast members into the show. Um, but it's been it's been craziness, and it's just been unfortunate for beanie because she even came on the podcast she was one of the nicest people we talked to on this podcast she was incredible great episode you should go back and listen to it if you haven't um and and you can just tell right away she's the sweetest person and for her to be going through something like this it's really difficult like i couldn't imagine you know all this stuff going behind the scenes and she's still performing in the show and she's still performing eight times a week it's very i don't know how she's doing it you know it's um just to know what's going on and that she's kind of getting screwed, but she yet has to go out there the next couple weeks and, and give a performance, you know, and, and be a funny girl, you know, like it, I can't imagine what she's going through. So I, I'm thinking about Beanie a lot and uh, I wish her luck. I mean, she's not going to be struggling. I, she's going to get uh, something else in no time, you know, whether it's on Broadway or it's in TV and film because, She's a star. I mean, she is. She's Beanie Feldstein. So, um, but very excited to see Leah Michelle. I do have to admit, I did already buy tickets to go see her. Um, I'm actually going with a loyal take about listener thanks. Um, Very excited for that. And uh, I cannot wait to come on here and talk about it just because of how the expectations are set so high. I'm very curious to see if she meets expectations. Furthering this, this whole conversation with Leah Michelle coming into the show, it also came out um, that the current understudy Julie Banco, who I mentioned, she will move up in the company as an alternate of Fanny Bryce. So she will be guaranteed one show a week. And that show is going to be Thursday nights. And, then she's probably gonna end I, I would not be shocked if she ends up doing saturday matinees um so if, if you're current if you want to see leah michelle and um you're planning on seeing funny girl just know that julie banko is scheduled to perform on thursday night's her performance is incredible, so it's definitely worth seeing. If you did buy a ticket for a Thursday night show, and you will have no problem with it because you're still going to love the show because it is it is a pretty good show. Um, but just know that uh, Julie Banco is scheduled for Thursday nights, and Leah Michelle will be out of the show on Thursday night. So um, just like a little midweek break. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens and we'll see how this goes. But uh, it's definitely created a lot of drama and a lot of conversations. I definitely wish I like had someone to talk about it with right now just to go back and forth to talk about the the controversy and and all that but um but yeah i just figured i i had to report it because it's one of the biggest things that happened this past week so um anyways moving on uh oh 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 my goodness more drama um it was announced this past monday literally say so today's thursday so wednesday tuesday monday so like three days ago it was announced that Paradise Square is closing in six days. On Sunday, July 17th, it's going to be closing. And it, so the cast and and the stage crew and everyone had six days' notice that their show was closing. First of all, that is completely not fair to the cast members and anything like that. I mean, we had Jarden Deshaun Milton on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and like we talked about the importance of like knowing – your show is closing so that you have time to find a job. You have time to save up your money so that you can be able to survive for the next couple months without a job and all these things. So, so then, it, it came out this week that Paradise Square is closing, and everyone's like, "What's going on? Why are they just announcing that it's closing in six days? This is so unbelievable. This is not fair. What's going on?" It just won a, it, the it just won a Tony for Best Leading Actress, and was nominated the Tonys and great, gave a great performance, and everything. Uh, so, however, it, it appears that actually the equities stepped in and closed this show. Um, Paradise Square, the producers of Paradise Square, have failed to pay $350,000 worth of wages to the actors and stagehands. They have failed to um, pay benefit contributions and many more um, things that were guaranteed to in, in people's contracts involved in the show. And they haven't met those contractual agreements. So equity... Act- the Actors Equity Association and the local USA 829 um, actually is going to be taking the show and the producers to court for the matter. Um, it's a very, very unfortunate thing, but uh, I'm glad that the unions did end up stepping in before this continues and 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 they get these actors are are performing without pay and these stage crews are putting in all this time and effort and and they're kind of performing um without pay you know like it's just it's so so wrong and it's very unfortunate but uh glad the unions did step in to do their part to close down the show it's unfortunate that these actors will not be having jobs or anything like that um but i i I will say that i don't know the full story and the full extent on it but i'm glad to say that i'm going to be seeing the show today when this comes out thursday um and i will be uh, i have an interview lined up with one of the cast members to talk on this matter uh so we can learn more about it um know what it's like to to deal with this cl- type of closure the short notice and all these things with that that that's going on with the show and all the press that it's receiving lately so um it's going to be really it- fascinating interview please keep your eye out for that it's probably going to come out as soon as gabby's releases so we're going to probably do Catherine gallagher uh which is today and then we're going to do Gabriella pozzolo and then we're going to have the paradise square cast member that i will be announcing that week because it's a very dear friend of mine he was in shows with me i'm very excited oh i just gave you guys a hint but that's okay that's okay um and and so yeah that that's happening a lot of stuff a lot of drama that's what's going on on Broadway. Uh, those are the biggest stories. But then with every closure, of course, we always have um, happy news with, with shows coming to Broadway and shows that are planning on opening on Broadway. And we actually have two of those this week. We have Anne Juliet* that will be uh, coming to Broadway this October. And it was also announced that the comedy A No Mo will also be coming to Broadway this November. So very exciting stuff. Um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing both of those shows. Both of them have had these out-of-town tryouts that have done amazing and have gathered wildly successful reviews and all of these things. So um, it'll be very exciting to, to see these shows coming coming to New York and coming to Broadway. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. I mean, the last piece of news that I'll mention is that uh, Cheyenne Jackson, star, by the way, uh, absolute star, I'm very excited for this, will be stepping into Into the Woods. <laughs> we'll be stepping into the woods <laughs> um, as the wolf and Cinderella's prince. The roles, uh, he actually performed these roles at the Hollywood Bowl and uh, – This is because Gavin Creel has a previously announced commitment um, and has to leave the show from July 24th to August 2nd, and Cheyenne Jackson will be coming in to cover that slot for, for those roughly 10 shows, I would say, um, in Into the Woods. So uh, another star is added to the cast, another uh, award-nominated winner, all kind of things, actors like Gavin Creel is. Um, <laughs> I mean, this cast doesn't need any more star power, but it just keeps adding it, so why not? Um, it's incredible. I And I still have yet to see the show. It's killing me every day. Um, but yeah, that's beside the point. So just a little heads up there, big news, big two names that uh, is good. Going into a big show So I figured I'd mention it um, the, and that's about it for the Broadway news this week I just want to say before I turn it over to the episode because I know this is like a full hour episode because it was at BroadwayCon and it was a full hour panel so I don't want to go on too long and I won't be doing any of the segments or anything like that today but it was it, I just want to say thank you to to everyone who came out because there's nothing better than doing this with like actual people because I know that people are actually listening and I know if I'm actually like entertaining people or if I'm just boring people um, so, so it, it's very- very great to to have people come to BroadwayCon and come to these panels when they could be listening to Hillary Clinton or going to the BroadwayCon cosplay thing. Um, people came and chose to to come and and listen to me and, and Catherine Gallagher. And it was, it was really, really cool. And, um, for that, uh, you know, we had some fun giveaways and it was cool to see like a bunch of people in the audience in take a bow merch and wearing these stickers on their costumes that they were already wearing or, or doing all these fun things. And, and it was, it just meant so much and it was really, really cool. And, um, I, I can't I can't get over the weekend. It was really just amazing and it was wonderful for the podcast. I met so many wonderful people and wonderful listeners. And I just wanna say thank you all for listening. And I wanna say that if you were in the audience like At BroadwayCon, thank you, because you're listening to this right now. So thank you twice. Uh, Thank you a million times, to be completely honest with you. But yeah, it was just, it was incredible. And special shout out to Reese, which is an audience member. We have a lot of audience members that are involved in this week's episode, but Reese has a very special part, and uh, you'll be listening to it soon. Catherine Gallagher is an icon for this moment, and uh, it was just, it was sending us. So um, without further ado, I'm not going to keep teasing it, just I want to say thank you again for for coming to Broadway Con and for coming to to listen to me. And we're definitely going to be doing more live shows because they're just way too much fun. So with that being said, Catherine Gallagher, curtain up. <laughs> we doing thank you all for coming to our live recording of take about podcast it's literally the second ever live recording of our podcast um you did the whole spiel about bpn right yes, you can take your mask off. oh yeah i can <laughs> yay thank you masks are going off um yeah Today we have an amazing guest. She is a Grammy-winning and Tony-nominated actress. Yes, Snaps. Um, you know her from her stunning performance in Jagged Little Pill and Spring Awakening. Uh, she, was, she most recently released a brand new single called It in the Paper, which was just playing, but when you guys were sitting down and coming in. Uh, so everyone, welcome to Take a Bow, Katherine Gallagher! Yay! Oh my goodness! Can I sit
1: here?
0: Yeah, wherever you want to sit.
1: I'd you can sit be here. Yeah, you can sit
0: here. You can I don't go want there. To be so
1: far away. There's
0: waters for here us. We go. There's this all is... the coffee. Hi
1: everyone! You look so beautiful.
0: Yay. Oh, oh. my God! So exciting. So um, how this goes? Uh, we'll obviously have a little chat, and then we want it to be super interactive. So feel free to like shout out, woo, woot, do all the things, me. Uh, talk to us. We're gonna open up to do some. Do your best. Yes. <laughs> You open it up to some audience questions Wait, can at I the ask end. A question? Yeah, let's. Is ask.
1: It, can if you do, can we?
0: Yeah, scoot. Do uh, you
1: guys want to come closer? Yeah, I, just, I know. There's I see like, platinum so, Reserve seating, but there's no one there. <laughs> no. So, I just figure. Don't be shy. It's family style here. Yay. It's so nice to see your faces.
0: Yes, and thank you all for keeping your mask on because that's that's super important. So, yay, thank you.
1: My bosses will kill me. Yes. so (laughs) Um,
0: So the way I usually like to start my episodes is asking each guest, you know, how they got inspired to get into the theater to tell stories, all the things. What was your story?
1: My story was I didn't know about other job options, I feel like. Like, I kind of, I had this daydream of being like, uh, a vet by day and pop star by night that oh, was sort God. of like my <laughs> earliest dream um, but I really just like it it sort of always felt like the only thing I knew how to do mm-hmm. and um, it was the only thing I cared about doing I w- would be three years old and, and putting concerts on in, oh, um wow like the lobby of my apartment building, <laughs> right up on 71st, um, my it. first show. And so I just was like, I'd be sit, standing on the tables in preschool singing Annie. Like I was really that kid who just wouldn't shut up. Obsessed. So I, and then when I realized it was like a viable career option, I was like, well, obviously I'm not good at anything else. <laughs> so I was really glad this is working out. You
0: didn't go to school for vet then? No, I didn't, but area. I actually,
1: you know what I did? Then, when I was like 20, no like 19, when I was your age, mm-hmm. I had this moment where I was like, I'm not amounting to anything. <laughs> and so I looked up pastry schools in really? France. What? <laughs> I don't know. It was a dark month. So <laughs> was that <laughs> just a thought,
0: or you actually did no, it? No,
1: I looked it up. I didn't actually go. Because okay. I ended up, actually what happened was I ended up getting a call from Michael Arden. Oh. Um, so I guess Casual. I was 20. Yeah. And he was <laughs> like, hey, I'm doing this tiny uh, black box production of Spring Awakening, and I love your voice, and would you have coffee with me?
0: Obsessed. And
1: I was like, yeah. I played it cool, <laughs> Yeah, I was not cool.
0: Oh <laughs> so, my God, yeah. that's crazy. Yes. But you made your real Broadway debut on 71st Street. I did, on, yeah, and, and, yeah, and it yeah, was I'm really saying. on Broadway. <laughs> it was 71st and Broadway, right. so not going to lie. That's everything. That was my Broadway debut. <laughs> um, but in all like technicality, technically yes. your Broadway debut was, was Spring Awakening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, so talk to me about that experience. I mean, you did the Deaf West revival production of it, so talk to me about that. I mean, you kind of had to be like a voice of a character, you know? Like, what was that like?
1: Different, yeah. Different. I mean, I, I was so lucky when I look back on. It's really interesting because I think that um, we get so set in, in our minds about how things are supposed to go and what success is supposed to look like and what it's gonna what it means to be successful. We have this like we'd make this decision when we're like seven years old that mm-hmm. like if I haven't by the age of twenty one found my soulmate and uh, won a Grammy and sold out an arena then I'm a failure. And I think I had this very certain idea of what success was going to look like. And part of that, when I first talked to, um, when Michael first talked to me, he Mm. said, I want you to be Ilsa. Which is, at that point, was my dream role. (laughs) There was like, yes, I would love to be Ilsa in my favorite musical of all time, singing my favorite song of all time, like, yes. And then, basically what happened was he was like keep your summer open so I was like okay this is an offer yeah and uh, it wasn't I misunderstood <laughs> um, but I we'd like lost touch and didn't hear anything and I saw this like open call thing online oh, wow. um, for every role and I was like this guy my <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <okay. you're> good. <laughs> and so what happened was like two nights later I um, What's like the age range of people that listen to this podcast? No, I don't know. I okay, don't even know the that. Uh, so a few, a few nights later, I was with my friend.
0: And
1: we, uh, we wanted to get some Tell ice cream. Tell me more. We wanted to get some ice cream. <laughs> and so we were like, okay, well, we're too far. The Pinkberry was too far. And then we we're like, there's a gelato place down the street that we can walk to. Yay. And so we we're like, we'll take the dog. That's important. And so um, we we go down, and I'm wearing a pink Juicy Mm. tracksuit and UGG slippers. So I look wonderful and um, (laughs) And she's wearing something similar and so we're walking down and we go to the gelato and she's like I'm gonna stay out here with Rocky and you uh, Go inside and get me a lemon and vanilla and I was like you got it (laughs) So I walk in hood up feeling myself And and I'm standing in line and I hear this tiny little voice go "Um, Catherine and I was like, it's in your head, Gallagher, obviously, relax. It gets louder. It gets louder. I turn around, it's Michael Arden. No. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no. And I had just been mad at him in my head, which, of course, I'm afraid of confrontation, so I'm not going to be mad at him out loud. Right. And so I was like, I turned around, and I was like... Oh my God, hi, it's so good to see you. You look wonderful. What flavor did you get? Did you get the Rocky Road? Because I always get the Rocky Road. It looks like the Rocky Road. I think I'm going to get coffee because I love coffee. <laughs> oh anyway, God. it's like, I got go to go. My room is outside with the dogs. So I got to go. But it's so good to see you anyway. It's great that I see you. And I get back in line and I was like, oh no. My oh. life is crumbling around me. And um, Stop, yeah. literally, like, literally insane. And so then uh, I go back outside and I see my roommate. And I was like, so, so you will not believe what just happened. That guy. And she goes, why did you get me lemon and vil- vanilla in the same cup? Oh. And I was like. What? I'm going through something. Like be a pal (laughs) here, and she's like, "I have to go get another cup," and I was like, "That's fucked up." Um, Like, okay, leave me here. She's like, "Hold the dog." So I'm outside, and then all of a sudden she starts talking to Michael Harnett. And I was like, I'm outside literally like, that's the guy, (laughs) and she's like, oh. And so she gets a hint, so she brings him and his friend outside, who turns out is the associate director. And then we're all four of us standing in a circle, and finally I muster up the bravery to say, so, what happened with that production spring awakening? (laughs) And he's like, why didn't you show up for your audition? What? And I was like, Stop Sir, it. what do you mean? And he was like, well, your name was on our list and we never heard back from you. Stop. And I was like, I didn't, no, no one called me. Like, No one told me about it. And I goes, only saw the open call. Yeah, I was like, no, I, just, I, didn't know what to, I didn't know what to do. And so he was like, okay, well, our last day is tomorrow. Can you come in? And I was like, absolutely. So oh my God. I learned that, you know, monologue and blew in. I go in, I do the whole thing. And he calls me after and he was like, you're perfect. The team, like every, you're perfect, but you're not what we want for this production. And I was like, that's fine, I'm making a record, like not meant to be. And I was like, yeah, bummed, but I was like, it's cool. And then, three months later, Mm -hmm. he calls me, my last day of the studio on the record I was working on, and he says, someone just dropped out, I'm on my knees, I know you play guitar, would you be interested in voicing Marta? I know it's not as big of a part, I know it's not this, but like, please, I I need someone, rehearsal start tomorrow, would you consider it? Wow. And I was like, heh. Oh, the turntables of turn. <laughs> so I go inside to the studio and we play the Tony performance from Spring Awakening up on the, the screen and, and the monitors and everything. And I was like, this is my favorite show in the world. I'd be such an idiot not to do it because of my like, ego. Right. Like fucking not going to let that stop me. So I call him back and I was like, you know, there's a tour that might be happening, which was true. There was like all these things that maybe were happening. I was like, if those things happen, like I have to go with them. But like, yes, I'm on board. Let's do it. I'm in. Yeah. And that decision that like, my ego was telling me not to do, we were making no money on this thing. I knew it was gonna be a ton of work. I didn't really think I was a good enough guitarist to be doing it. Like, nothing right. about it made sense, except for my gut was like, if you don't do this, you're gonna regret it forever. Yeah. And then that choice to do that, and having a job that, playing Ilso would have been amazing. It would have been. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't have made me, it wouldn't have given me the opportunity to become the guitarist I had to become sit in a room with dunkin chic writing out guitar parts on an electric guitar just for me on my favorite songs of all time like it wouldn't have given i had to shred guitar for like eight hours a day after rehearsal every day just to get good enough and so yeah it was it gave me all of these reasons to become better in all these ways i wouldn't have been if i had let my pride or my ego get in the way and then when it comes to actually voicing for a deaf actor you are a tool, you're the instrument. Mm. That was when I became the guitar. I was not the player, I was the guitar. Right. And so everything I did had to be so connected, whatever Trishel wanted that moment to be, that was the conversation that I was there to be her instrument and nothing more. And that like, it was such a lesson in like, what happens when you like throw your ego out and you become whatever is necessary at that
0: moment. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed?
1: And then by the time we transferred to Broadway, I got to be the dance captain, which was then another level of like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready. Oh my God. <laughs> and Spencer took me out to lunch like that summer right before we started. And he was like, look, I need you to do this. Yeah. No one else can do it. This, it's your job. I believe in you 100%. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> and so I was like, well, here's another opportunity. I'm not prepared. I'm not ready. I don't have the skills, but there's no choice but to be brilliant in this moment. Right. And so I worked my ass off. I got like stage right, which is the iPad thing with all the stage plots. And I like did everything I could do to become the best version of that. By the end of the run, I staged the late night at Seth Meyers thing. Oh my God. For Spencer. He was out of town and he showed me how to do it with like knives and forks <laughs> at Glass House. Like, yes. <laughs> like, and then I'm on stage at the fucking, sorry, at the White House <laughs> being like, okay, no, Alex, you're there. Oh my like, God. At the White House. So I was like, I, it just was, Nuts. Spring Awakening was this total lesson and like, You're going to end up doing what you're supposed to be doing and it's not going to look like what you thought it was going to. Right. But if you trust that little, if you throw your ego out the door and trust that weird little voice inside of you, you're going to end up doing something brilliant. And exactly where you're supposed to be. Oh my God! So that was my spring
0: awakening journey. <laughs> that is everything. So really, <laughs> kind of what a we saga. yeah, <laughs> really what we learned throughout that whole story was you should be going to all the gelato stores yes. in New York to bump into Michael Arden. Michael so that- <laughs> Arden
1: will be at gelato. Yeah, <laughs> and he will cast you in a musical. Oh my he's God! He's gonna be like, why are you saying this about me?
0: <laughs> yeah, he's literally gonna come up to you and be like, why weren't you at your audition? <laughs>
1: literally, that's, that's, <laughs> that's where Michael Arden finds that his talent. That is crazy. At gelato. <laughs> yeah, it's insane.
0: That's awesome, though. It's
1: just like, what if I didn't get gelato that night. Yeah, literally, no, literally. I what think if Pinkberry was open? Literally. What if what if we went to Pinkberry? Right. That's the title of my memoir, What If I Went
0: to Pinkberry. Right? <laughs> oh, my God. No, that's insane, though. Yeah. But it's so cool how, like, you know, stars align and, like, things happen for a reason. Just you trust know? your
1: gut. You'll it's end up craziness.
0: there. It's um, craziness. Well, I, well, I want to talk more about this. You know, you kind of touched on you being a tool or an instrument yeah. for a deaf actor. I mean, how were you able, because you had to be the voice, yeah. how were you able to, like, you know, get into that character and kind of embody that character as like a voice.
1: I mean, I was so lucky because Trichelle is such a force mm-hmm. that being able to work with her and to see what she was doing and, you know, sign language, if you're not familiar with the language, it's the most expressive, most beautiful, most like truly entrancing language. And I, I was so lucky to get to, to learn it and be so immersed in, in deaf culture because it's extraordinary. Yeah. Um, And so I think just watching Trichelle really embody Marta so fully and and take what I could from the music and the script and um, just sort of before the show we would lock eyes and we would hold each other's hands and we'd find each other and we'd connect and We just trusted each other. It was just intense trust. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's so cute. It was really special. I love that. So you guys really became like one unit, one person. She would
1: find me every day before the show, and she would be, she did something, oh man, I wish I remember what it was. We had some sort of like handshake or something that we would do for every show, and it would just connected us. It was crazy. I love it. She's really an amazing, amazing girl.
0: Yeah. Well, I need to talk to you about *Jagged Little Pill*. Yes. I mean, uh, we can talk, go on and on about *Spring Awakening*. <laughs> Espe- wait, actually, I do yeah. want to talk about *Spring Awakening*. I will always talk
1: about *Spring Awakening*. Well, because
0: I did like it's so *Spring Awakening*. Everyone knows, or everyone should know, that there was a new doc, like the documentary my *Spring life. Awakening*. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, the those you've known doc had dropped, and there's been a ton of buzz around yeah. it and everything. I mean, have you seen it?
1: Absolutely, four times. Really? Absolutely. But, I'm a super fan. I'm a guilty one. Okay, like I am. I literally. I was saying this to Johnny Gallagher the other day. I, I, he's he's now <laughs> a buddy of mine, and he was like, "I was like, you don't understand how important you are." Stop. And he was like, "Why? What?" And I was like. You're the original Moritz Schiefel. And he was like, we're friends. You don't have to be like this. Like, you're so important.
0: Oh my God. Yeah,
1: I, I love that. I'm buddies with all of it. Like Skylar, I fangirled him oh my all God. the time. I'm obsessed. He's one of my, he's literally my brother. And I'm like, you're solo and Touch Me. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. It's important that to fangirl. So
0: I love it. Yeah. I love when like friends can fangirl over oh each my other. God. I, like,
1: every time I work with Duncan, I'm like, so when you wrote Touch Me, did you be in front? Like I like always <laughs> just like. I can't stop. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm sure the nostalgia, like, totally came in too while watching it. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my God. Come (laughs) on. They're talking. They're plugging your song. (laughs) I love it. Always. Yeah. I can't imagine just, like, being able to, like, relive those moments. I mean, it's a different production, but it's still Spring Awakening. It's a different
1: production, but it's also the reason, like, Spring Awakening is the reason Bonnie, Alex Boniello, started. I know. My baby. Um, is the reason he wanted to do it like it, Spring Awakening for, for our generation is it was the most, it was our rent, it was like yes. the most influential thing. Seeing Spring Awakening on Broadway was the moment that I was like, I can do this, mm-hmm. there's a space on Broadway for my kind of voice. Right. There, like, I it was it made me think that there was like a world in which I could really thrive on Broadway,
0: yeah. which had
1: been my dream forever, and so. I think that getting to celebrate that legacy, and then also, like, there was a, a few cool moments. We were all there where we were like, oh, we're a tiny part of that legacy, <laughs> but also just being able to fully be a fan of it and right. really realize how cool it was that we even got to go to the party, oh, which was that. a great party. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. It was a the, great party. Get, cut it off. Uh, <laughs> but uh, again, I want to talk about Jagged Little yes, Pill. yeah, Because yeah. this, this Jagged Little Pill is the first time I saw you on a stage. Oh. Um, yeah, I didn't get to see you in Spring Awakening. That's okay. Sad face. You were
1: like sick. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I wasn't even in New York, but um, <laughs> Would have been yeah. Would very inappropriate for you. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I probably wouldn't have understood anything no, to be honest. I though like, these songs are
1: cool. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> they, really yeah, they are good. Come good. Come really good though. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, sorry. Yeah, Fangirling got over it. theater. Got you gotta, gotta do stop. it. We have to support each other, guys. <laughs> have to. Um, so yeah, you originated the role of Bella. In, oh, in Jagged Little Pill. It's crazy. Insane. You originated what? a role on Broadway. Insane. Hello? Who come met on. Me? Grammy <laughs> winner, Tony nominee. What? Come on. Yes, come on. Um, what was that? I don't know. Yeah. I
1: don't know. Do you, I like, no remember
0: answers. any of it? Was it a blur? Like, yeah.
1: Um, it's so. That's so. Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> 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 it's so funny because I it was the most meaningful experience in my life. Mm-hmm. The, from start to finish, Jagged Little Pill has had the greatest impact, like, like the biggest transition or sort of transformation that I've ever had as a person and as an actor um, has happened during the years from the moment I started Jagged Little Pill and the moment it, it ended. Like wow. it, everything in my life that has happened over the past five years has been terrifying, scary, huge, exciting, and just big. There's been nothing subtle about the last five years and there's been another great show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, I love um, it. It's so good. Just... I'm a theater kid too, you guys. Guys, this is Broadway comedy. Yeah, this is Broadway what we do. We <laughs> have to have a safe space for us, you know? <laughs> and so I really think that like that whole experience, it's so funny because I was literally watching, I made this compilation video of like the vlogs that I did for Broadway.com and I was watching oh. yesterday to send to someone and I, and, her response is like, it looks like you guys had the time of your yeah. life. And we did, and I, and I think that phrase is kind of perfect because it encompasses everything. We, as a company, and as individuals, experience the highest of highs, and like, truly, sincerely, the absolute lowest of yes. lows. And I think that, how can you not let, it's, it was crazy to think that a show that, that dares to go there in so many ways was not going to be a show that didn't push us all individually and as a company to the greatest depths and mm. greatest lengths of our our humanity, our personhood, our you know. I mean, it it was a a journey. Yeah,
0: you and know? you did it eight times a week in six days. Um, and you <laughs> went there eight times a week. Yes, I did. Um, it was it was one of the most unforgettable performances I've oh ever seen God. literally and <laughs> I'm not just saying <laughs> that cry. no no literally we my I went with my sister and I we walked out and we were like who is Catherine Gallagher and I like can I be her eyes. friend really nice um teacher. yeah Thank no you. seriously it was everything and that story is everything and that cast is everything um I can't imagine what it was like to do that eight times a week and go there how how were you able to stay like positive and kind of lift yourself up I I didn't guess. Really. I didn't
1: I think that that's you know I think when I was doing the show I was very careful to um, you know be be shiny and be glittery when I when I would speak about the experience because I didn't want anyone to worry about me because I could handle oh, it and yeah. I wasn't worried about myself but the truth of the matter is like I, I just shifted the spectrum in which I viewed what positive meant I guess you mm-hmm. know when I was doing that role It's a role that was extremely personal for me. It has my own experience woven into every line on that page. Uh, We would talk about, you know, uh, when we were talking about the scene work, like every time I had a thought, it was coming from uh, my own experience. And so it's a role and, and every word on those pages is something that I hold so tightly and so deeply close to me that there was no world in which I couldn't take that home every night. There was no world in which that experience, um, saying those words wasn't gonna be something that I, it was never gonna be something I could throw off like a coat right. and hang up. I tried. I tried really hard. I would do these dance parties after the show. I would, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, had, had a playlist I would listen to. I was in therapy. I still am. Like, all of these That's tools. Therapy. Yes, we yeah. love <laughs> therapy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But I think it's important to acknowledge that, like, sometimes, you know, what we give as artists is not going to be um, shiny. Mm. It's going to be rough around the edges. And I think the thing that made it feel so um, important for me to keep doing, even when like a hundred percent there were nights where I was like, if there was a night that I snuck out the back door and didn't stage door, Uh. it's probably because I was like, couldn't. Like I I I had nothing left. And I think that, It's so important to have moments um, on stage, right, in the stories that we tell, that aren't shiny and aren't polished, and are coming from, you know, this place of mess. Which is why playing Bella was so important to me, because it, there is nothing about her that could fit in a box, right? And there was nothing about her experience that was bulletproof, and it was all something that if you read it in the paper. Someone would say she deserved it. Mm. And someone would say would say she asked for it. And that is a complicated place to go every night because you're going to ask yourself the same questions. And you're not going to be able to fit all of your feelings into a box at the end of the night. And I think that hearing from people who because of the mess that we dared to go into felt seen and felt heard yeah. for the first time ever. yeah, Because it wasn't tied up in a bow. right? It's like, I think that, you know, it, it didn't feel shiny, but it felt important, and I'm really lucky, and a big shout out to my cast, um, Derek, Elizabeth, Lauren, the three of them especially made it possible for me to keep showing up because wow. I always knew I had a place to go in them um, where they would really keep me protected and feeling safe, and so I'm really grateful to that company and our creative team. Diane was like, oh my god. My rock, uh, yeah. Diablo Cody was my rock. Like every single person really showed up for me in an amazing way. And so I'm, I couldn't have done it without the family that we had. And so I'm just forever grateful.
0: Yeah. Diane is literally one of my favorite directors she's ever. She's the greatest person in the world. Yeah. The way that. I love her. Yeah. Like she like can actually like take care of her performers, which means a lot. Like She really she, gives a shit. She's not going to ask you to do something that you're not comfortable with doing. Absolutely not. And yeah. I think that it's that it's not always that way. <laughs> I'll no. say that. Um, and mm-hmm. so so to have that support, especially in a show like this, yeah. is like huge. And, and it
1: came from the cast and the creatives. They yeah, were that's family. everything.
0: Yeah. Um I, I wanna keep on this topic yeah, and, and and say like that season alone, you know, Jag Little Pill, there was like around that time of fun home and yeah. like all these stories that were like we are fi- broadway's getting a place to again where we could have these conversations where we can open these conversations that we weren't shying away from the from the glamour yeah. and the shiny stuff yeah. you know we were really diving into it and uh a show like jagged little pill i mean was on the forefront of that kind of thing and led the way. Um, What did it mean just to like be able to have those opportunities to tell that story and kind of like, you know, at the stage door, the nights that you were able to go, I'm sure you heard stories, I'm sure you received mail. Like, what did that mean to just know that you were telling a story that someone could relate to and just change their lives?
1: Well, it's really interesting because it's a part of the reason why my role grew. Mm. Because when we did it at ART, I was an ensemble character. So I was, I had one scene and one song, and it, even in the first workshop, No didn't even exist until really? like the second week or something. Yeah, originally Bella was just singing Predator and had that one scene on the couch. Wow. And that was it. And then the rest of the time I like put my hat, and that was another situation where I had just booked a TV show mm-hmm. um, called You, if you guys have seen it.
0: Never heard um, of it. <laughs>
1: and so, you know, we were all sort of like, it was really important to me to get to work with Alanis, and I had this gut feeling yes. that it was right, but at the same time, like doing a workshop that had no guarantee of a role in the out-of-town tryout, while it was also like an ensemble role, and you know, I don't know if you guys know much about Broadway workshops, but it's a lot of work, and you can't pay your rent on it. <laughs> so doing that meant that I had to potentially give up my role on you. It meant that it was up to the producer, because wow. the and Little Pill was, you know, at, as they can, uh, basically said like, all right, it's us or them, so pick. And that was a three week lab. And so I, you know, talked to Sarah Gamble and Greg Berlanti and I was like, I want to do this, but what do I do? And so they very graciously and did not have to uh, wrote me out of two episodes of You and then wrote me back in so that I, I only missed like, you know, two episodes, which was also like, well, that was a big leap of faith. They did not have to do that. That was a real, like, I look back on that and I'm like, I don't know if I would have made that decision. (laughs) (laughs) Very bold, Um, but you know, because of their graciousness, uh, I got to go back into the show and um, only miss a few episodes. When it was like truly a, a smaller role with no guarantee of even continuing on at the project, mm. and so, um, but yeah, back to the original question. Sorry, uh, <laughs> no, just said... another like example of like why we have to trust our gut. You know, part of me was like, this is important and this story is important, even if it's, you know, not the story of the show, even if it's a small thing. But when we brought it to Boston. Even in rehearsals for Boston, I wasn't even singing Uninvited. Like It was really, like, it really, really grew. And because, it grew because um, they, I started telling Diane after the first two, three shows, I was hearing from so many survivors. And I went to her and I said, Diane, I need help. I need training because I don't Mm want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to, this is a vulnerable moment. It's a big moment in people's lives. She got me training with the Boston Area Rape Crisis Center. Wow. And, um. And I said and i think this is like really important look at these stories look at look at what i'm hearing this matters to people this story really matters to people and that was because of the the responses and the reaction we got from the fans that was one of the big changes that we made in going to broadway was how can we flesh this out how can we make this story feel respectful to this experience how can we you know, help it grow, and um, and we did, we added that scene in the kitchen with MJ, we found it really important that MJ and Bella would meet, that oh. she would be faced with her younger self, you know, with her own trauma, and um, and the show just grew so much because of the audience, because, you know, I mean, thankfully, Diane was, like, excited and willing to hear what, what people were saying, so um, that was super cool. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it's also, like, a testament to, like, any performer like if you're in the room or you're listening to this at home or wherever um, like if you're a performer and an ensemble role is like it's It's huge like it's not it, it it's just equally as important and you never know what can come with it and as a performer coming into the rehearsal space every day putting your best foot forward and you know just going for it really does a lot for a creative team and can help expand the role
1: well and also remembering like especially you know, that was my second ensemble role. And Mm. I think, so remembering that, like, you're always being watched. Mm. If you're in the room as an ensemble member, you're not invisible. In fact, you're really being watched. People, the more you shine, if you shine as an ensemble member and you're giving 110%, like, everyone is taking note. Maybe not for that show, but while they're in that room, they're casting their next show. So the more you show up and you're, kind and you're prepared and you're courteous and you're respectful that's your career that's you like building your reputation and the one thing about your reputation is your first few jobs matter you know and showing up and showing that you're like really game to take whatever size role whatever it is and whatever you do i mean what's that uh, how you do one thing is how you do everything and that's really it it's like it doesn't matter how big your role is it doesn't matter um How how sort of seemingly insignificant the only thing that matters is that if you feel insignificant in it, everyone else knows. So if you think this doesn't matter because I'm just holding up this sign in the back of the stage, everyone knows that's how you feel. If you're like, this is the story I am fucking telling and I am going to tell it with every single fiber of my being, then you're stealing the show. Mm -hmm. The only thing we can do is be in the world that we're creating on that stage, no matter who you are in it.
0: Yeah, you. I mean, w- you go see these shows. You go see MJ. You go see a show like *Jagged Little Pill* and th- all these *Moulin Rouge*. Like these ensemble pieces. One of those ensemble members, you're. Oscar, got one an Oscar.
1: Yeah, and she come Devo's on! Won it. Like, let's fucking go. Yes, Let's fucking go. They're <laughs>
0: like leading actors and uh-huh. performers, and they're gonna succeed. And you're, they're gonna catch your eye, if even if they're in the ensemble. So like, when you're bringing it. You know, you're also, let's get, get a
1: Tony for Best Ensemble. The fact that, fact. that exist, yeah. What is going out. on?
0: <laughs> understudies, too? Like, understudies need to be... I'm glad that they're starting to get the recognition that the they deserve. The show
1: is only as strong as, as every single person in it wants it to be. Yep. You know? And every single person. If you were put in that role, you were put there for a reason, and that's because everyone on that creative team believes in you. And that is um, something that I think Can be hard to believe. It's hard to believe in yourself. Totally. um, In those moments where you maybe feel small and you maybe feel, you know, like that you don't matter. And I think that happens in life too. You know, you can be in a room and if you decide that you don't matter, that's how you're gonna feel. But if you decide that you do, if you wake up in the morning and you walk into a room and you know what you're bringing into that, whether or not you're doing theater, whatever you're doing, if you walk into the room knowing what you bring to the table, everyone will agree with you everyone and that's a really hard thing to do obviously that's shifting your perspective but I think it's the only thing we can do
0: yeah absolutely it's important uh, this whole thing <laughs> this whole industry is it has ways of working and everybody knows everyone so like that is true being kind
1: be really nice and always hang up your clothes
0: yes oh my god do not Dre- leave
1: your clothes on the floor for your dresser we
0: had the Don't same dresser <laughs> once we, Diana, Diana! yeah so she d- dressed me in a Christmas story I was like I saw all of her like posts She's while you were in jagged and I was like
1: she doesn't So I would always hang up my clothes, but sometimes it would be quick changes. And her favorite moment was I hung up my tank top once on two separate hangers. So one strap was on one, and one was on the other. And she was like, "How did you do this? Oh and my I was god!" Like,
0: I hung it up, I'm sorry, sorry. No, yeah, well, I mean, there's nothing more collaborative than a musical, like (laughs) seriously, like every person, the dressers, the backstage crew, everything, the ensemble, the understudies, everything, everyone's important, everyone is equally important in making the the machine run, (laughs) I guess you would say. Um, but, uh, I mean, you do a million other things other than Broadway, so I want to talk about it. Uh, obviously, when you guys came in, I was playing <laughs> her songs, so she has some songs out there. Um, I mean, you talked about working on a record label and all the things, so, like, what is that like? What is it like to, like, be able to tell your story and not, like, a character?
1: Oh, it's really fun. Yeah. It's therapy. Um, it's so funny, I said to my parents the other day, uh... That I'm a retired musician, which is a little bit how I feel, um, because it was so my my primary um, love and joy and determination since I was 11 years old. Yeah, I was signed to a label when I was 15. I had my first film placement at 16. I had a trance hit at 17. Like there was a while where it was like really looking like it was going. And I went to college to study songwriting at 18. And um, and and it's it's so been the thing I've always wanted more. And it's been very interesting in the last few years how your your ideas and your passions change and part of that has been really freeing because um I used to think of music as like my main gig and everything else was sort of like really you know yeah I mean music was like writing songs was the most important thing in the world to me wow and then I realized it wasn't anymore That it was one of the writing songs is one of the most important things to me as a person but not me as a like right now, the thing I'm really the most excited about is being a great actor. Yeah. That's the thing that like, I'm coaching multiple times a week. I'm really excited about like figuring out a scene and understanding a character. Like That wasn't my passion five years ago. Wow. And it really is now. And I will never stop writing songs, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> um, because it is, but now it's this thing that just kind of I do to bring me joy, which is a really exciting shift in perspective for me. And um, and it's, you know, I, I think it started during the pandemic when I had, had all these songs I, I loved, but they weren't produced and they weren't perfect and I didn't know what genre they were and whatever, but I loved them. So I was like, why don't I just release them as demos? Right. Who gives a shit? Like, <laughs> I don't. I wanna just like get it out because I wrote them and, I've, and I have to. And so I put those out and like, those aren't running to the top of any charts. They're not getting on any editorial playlists, but it was fun. Yeah, it was fun making it, and you know these songs I'm putting out now. It's like I'm not pressuring myself to, you know, make it something and do something big with it. I'm just like enjoying it, and I think that that freedom has been the most exciting part. Because now if I pick up my guitar, if I play a show, it's because I just kind of want to. Mm. There's no point A to point B, and it's been really liberating and exciting, and it's put this whole new. sort of shine on on mu- making music. It's been really cool. I
0: love that. Yeah. What was it like working with, like, Alanis? Because, like, I mean, she's a, Badass like you I mean like you oh, know
1: She's a really cool lady Yeah um, Was
0: she like Kind of someone who's Kind of always had A musical impact on you Would you say Yeah
1: I've been listening to her Since I was five years old Really Yeah absolutely My mom would play Drag little pill in the car Every day Oh my god I would god. ask to Hear the cigarette song Which is obviously Hand in my pocket Stop and it Yeah it was like She is You know I wrote a paper On her in Glenn Ballard no In way. college Yeah like I was a fan Did um, you
0: give it to her Were you like here I told,
1: I told Glenn I was like So Glenn has bu- become A really good friend of mine And we've been working on music Together and I told him I, he was like, Can I read the paper? And I was like, Not a chance in hell. <laughs> I was like, I was a tired college student who right. wrote a shitty paper. You can't read it. Uh, you respect me right now. I'm not risking that. Oh my God. Um, but no, I uh they definitely can't read it. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be humiliating. Um uh, too much self-respect for that. But uh <laughs> but it's been really cool, um, you know, to get to see how her, you know, she was she changed the music industry for women. Yeah. I mean she changed it for everybody, but especially for women. She broke all the rules and and paved new roads. And so being able to just sit in a room with her and like dissect her lyrics and watch her rewrite a lyric and watch her listen and watch her interact with this these songs that she wrote when she was like 19 years old. I know. Like it's insane. Yeah. Um just Wise so inspirational. Her years. Yeah. She just changed the rules of what we thought was possible. Right. You know,
0: and she was brave to do it at how so young. Um, would you have, like, a favorite song that you wrote or, like, the most fun you had recording a song or writing a song?
1: Um, oh, that's a really good question. Uh, <laughs> well, my favorite song is always the most recent one I wrote. Yeah. So I wrote one like a week ago, oh. called Tip of My Tongue, which I really love.
0: Uh, um, <laughs> they're like, tell me more. <laughs> I right know.
1: You guys don't know about this one yet. So. Oh my um, God. But I'll, I'll be playing it on my show in a week, <gasps> so you can hear it then.
0: Where is it? Where's the it's show? It's at
1: Rockwood. It's sold out, though. Uh, I know. Sorry, guys. But oh, oh, I'm playing another one on August 2nd. I haven't announced that yet, but you guys know it now, so come. Um, and I'm playing it with my friend from college, Caitlin Nodi, who's our, our Leroy is, is her artist name, and she is just fucking brilliant. And, um, uh-huh we went to school together, and we actually had this really interesting conversation uh, the other day about how um, when we were in college, she was just the coolest girl, oh. and I was the loud one who loved Taylor Swift and was in a sorority. Oh my God, yes. But we were both songwriting majors. Yeah. And, um, and so, well, I always felt this pressure to be like, I was like, well, no one likes me and no one takes me seriously, which was, I, not that people didn't like me, but I, there was definitely a little bit of like, your songs are simple and not good. And that was a, that's college. Everyone has different thoughts. And um, my teachers didn't they was yeah, was so great. And, okay. <laughs> they were jealous. They yeah, were, were jealous. They, yeah, yeah, they were jealous. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Um, and, but it was interesting because we had this really illuminating conversation about sort of like what this idea of like being cool does to a person, especially when they're young. And for me, I ended up like rebelling and being like, well, if I'm not going to be cool, then I'm going to double down on what I love. But it made me feel like I'm guard all the time, and like I was always sort of, um, you know, fighting against something and proving myself time and time again, and which is exhausting. Yeah, and you shouldn't you shouldn't have to do that all the time. And but it was this really illuminating conversation that um, I was just sort of like bonded our friendship in this way that I'm so stoked. And then she wrote to me, she's like, do you want to play the show? And I was like, yes. <laughs> I'm in the cool kids club now. Oh. <laughs> no, now we are. You can be a cool kid. That's up to you. Yeah. You know, that's the discovery.
0: Wait, wait, you mentioned that you were doing a show next week, but you never said where it was. Oh, oh it's at Rockwood. Oh, it's yeah, another, it's same are place. place. Okay, yeah, yeah, great. same room. Are, but, are tickets um, on sale yet? I actually
1: don't know, but probably.
0: Okay, okay. well, everybody should go check so. it out. Yay. You know. Yeah, so yeah, excited. check it out. We'll find uh, we'll out. And yeah. you're doing the new song you sing? Yeah,
1: I'll be doing oh my god. it. I'm really excited. My it's, god. it's a cute one. It's a debut. It's a, it's a debut. She's
0: making her debut. Oh my god, yeah, it's so exciting. Um, but yeah, so you mentioned like you're doing you, you're doing mm-hmm. TV shows now and everything. You're doing it all. Um, it's ridiculous. I'm having a blast. I know. All the different industries of the entertainment aspect. We um, gotta. Yeah. We gotta for keep sure. It fresh. Um, but you you've kind of Combined the two, and you've had songs in TV shows like *Younger* and Covert Affairs*, and mm-hmm. there were several others. Um, so, like, would you ever consider like writing a musical? Working like, on it. really? Uh
1: huh. Really? I am a musical. I'm working on a musical right now. Is it like
0: a movie musical or is it like a musical? It's a musical. Okay. A musical
1: proper. Um, one of my best friends is a my favorite playwright in the world, Natalie Margolin, Stop. and uh, she and I have been wanting to do this for years, and so after I saw Tick Tick Boom, I called her and I was like, it's time, we have to do this. And so we are working on a musical.
0: Oh my God. And would you like, are you like one of those people that like Lin-Manuel where you'd be like, oh, I want to be in my musical.
1: Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm, in I'm, I'm here guys, for it. Oh my be. God, guys. I'm 100% in it.
0: Katherine Gallagher is returning to Broadway. Yeah, she's returning. <laughs> she's a Broadway. That would
1: be so cool. Oh my God, oh my God.
0: I'm obsessed. I'm your first. Like, yeah, I'll be please, like, please. I'll be please. front row with like these two because they're yeah, clearly exactly. your biggest fans. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're gonna. We'll meet up. We'll go to the show. It's gonna I, be I amazing. I mean, I know
1: all of your faces. Like, that's the beautiful. Thing. Oh my God. It's my favorite thing about these events. Is like, I'm like, I, I, I know your handles. Like, I. It just means so much that like you guys are here and you know i love you guys it really is super cool for me
0: oh i mean i think that's a great time to open it up to you guys then do you guys have any questions like that's a great place to kind of turn it over i know you do have like 14 questions that you want to answer you want to ask can we just reiterate that really quickly because it's a podcast so i don't know if they can hear you um she asked what your favorite um what your dream role would be if something that you haven't played, you've conquered so much, um, what would that be?
1: I really, this is sort of, there's multi-layered answers here. So I really, I grew up doing traditional musicals and professionally I've only gotten to do contemporary and sort of jukebox and folk musicals. Mm. I really would love to, it doesn't happen very often, but I've been known to have a traditional theater voice as well back yes. in the day. And I would really love to stretch that muscle and do like a classic, uh, sort of traditional musical. Oh Sweet Charity is my dream. Yes. Um, but I would really love to do Into the Woods.
0: Oh my God. <gasps> Stop. I Stop it. So
1: I was the baker's wife when I was in seventh grade. Actually, Ben and I were baker and baker's wife together Stop in seventh it. grade at 12. Okay. at 12. And baker's wife is like kind of a, it's a professional dream role of mine. Really? So if Sarah gets tired, give me a call. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, why didn't
0: they call you? I mean, hello. because
1: have you seen how good Sarah yeah. is? I, I was like, holy shit.
0: <laughs> oh my God. I, I haven't know. seen Into the Wood yet oh and I'm dying. Oh my God, dying. it's the greatest thing in the world. Oh my God.
1: Uh, I saw it two nights ago and I was like, oh. <gasps> oh my God. Um, yeah, I cried in Patina's arms. Um, yes, oh my God, <laughs> It's Patina. a dream, by the way, if you ever get to cry in Patina's arms. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Uh, um, no, but I uh, I would really love to do to do Into the Woods. Oh, I, um, I mean, a, a truly like any opportunity to get to do a traditional, really classic uh, musical, I would um, really just cherish and that, that opportunity. And I would also really love to do a straight play. Um, really? I saw Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf at the Geffen not too long ago, and that sort of really... Um, got me excited at the idea of doing a straight play, and so I'm sort of looking, um, I'm actively looking for that opportunity. And, I love that. Uh, yeah, so I really I, I really am excited at, at um, stretching my muscles as an actor right now, so I think that that would be a really, really cool,
0: I I've recently, I've never like, I don't know, not to say, like, I've never enjoyed plays, but, like, as a kid...
1: You grow up, you grow into plays. Yeah, like,
0: you know, know, like, when you're a kid, you don't understand the stories that, like, musicals or plays are telling, so without the music and the glitzy costumes and everything that plays don't have, it's like... Oh, it's okay. It's a little boring. But now, since I like voice change and learning yeah. the new voice, I'm like, I can only do plays, I guess, yeah, right literally. now. Um, also,
1: like, the thrill of getting to do Broadway without having to keep your singing? voice in check, I'm Come like, on. Yes, you don't she need to take that. You can have a drink the... after the show. Right. You yeah. can I have
0: some pizza. You can do yeah, all the exactly. things. Come on. Sign me up. That was a great question. I'm Thank obsessed you. with your costume as well. I just needed to say it. What is your name?
1: Ollie. It's Ali. Ali. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's I'm
0: obsessed. Are you, what, are you Belle? Yes. Oh my God. Obsessed. Um, we have Zoe Murphy here too. Oh my God. Oh, I thought it was real. Oh my God. I threw on a and i had like four people going to me and they're like, are you Zoe Murphy? You know, you, you, were, giving, you were giving Zoe Murphy, but you were also giving Caitlin Kenninen from oh, the, the Prom. Yeah. Alli- oh, what's, oh my God. What is her name? Emma, Emma. Emma duh. Okay. Yeah, so you are giving me both of those vibes, so I wasn't sure. Strong. I, you two are itching. Uh, what would you like to ask? Yeah.
1: Pressure's on.
0: There's one. In Do it. You go.
1: Okay. So, um,
0: um, I have a, I, my friend's name is Reese. And, hi, Reese. Um, I'm not Reese. I know, but
1: hi to your friends. <laughs> <room. laughs> um, Wherever I, they may be.
0: I, I um, discovered you about four years ago oh. um, because my friend was like, look at this actress. She looks so much like me. <gasps> um, and I was wondering if I could show you a picture. Yes. <laughs> that is the greatest question that I've ever uh, heard of. It's about. been like four years in the making. My, I told my friend is that I was st- here room. right now? No, she's not. She's studying at Muhlenberg. Oh, I see it. Damn. Yeah. Oh okay. God. God. Yeah. Yes. So I was gonna say, but yes. do you want to
1: FaceTime her really fast? Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Live calling. <laughs> <laughs> this is everything. Pressure's on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really bringing the chaos. We'll just screenshot yeah. it. Here,
0: wait, should I just hold it? Should
1: yeah. I just
0: be here? Oh <laughs> <laughs> this is legendary. Reese, answer the phone! Yeah, come on, Reese. <laughs> pressure's
1: on, pressure's on.
0: She can definitely hear us, too. Yeah, she's like,
1: she's like, no. Why? Middle of the day. A rogue FaceTime is my favorite thing to do. My friends hate it.
0: If she doesn't pick up, I'll text her. And yeah, I'm her gonna
1: right take now. a screenshot. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Come on. Okay,
0: there you go. Thank I have a screenshot. Yep. That's so depressing. That's she did not answer, but great idea all around. We love Reese wherever chaos she is. Today. Um. Oh my God, that is iconic. I love it. Um, are you, do you two have? Are you questions? ready? Oh, there's another one. If y'all aren't ready, are y'all ready? Oh no. Oh my goodness. Go ahead, Martine. When are you gonna do a duet with a oh. <laughs> Stop it! Come on, clap
1: whenever she asks (laughs) I would love that you know Glenn and I wrote a song uh together the other day and he just we were messing around in the studio and so the fact that I've gotten to work with him is like pretty fucking brilliant I I said to my brother I was like we were driving in the car and man in the mirror came on and um which he wrote and uh which is insane and um I was like can you believe Glenn wrote this and he was like Yes, he's one of the all-time greatest songwriters on earth. I can't believe you worked with him. (laughs) Stop it. So that's that's how I feel. But yeah, if if Alanis wants to, (laughs) you can just call. I'm getting
0: a FaceTime call. Oh Reese is here, everybody. Stop it. Hi
1: Reese. Hi Reese.
0: Besties. Reese,
1: are we twinning?
0: Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You're
1: at Broadway Con right now. Um, and I just wanted to say hi because we're twins. Yes, we are. Okay. Can I <laughs> say hi to everybody. Um, <laughs> oh my god, she's crying. Oh god. You are so beautiful. You really are. And <laughs> I love
0: you.
1: I love you. <laughs> I love you. Oh my god. I love you so much. Where are you? Thank you.
0: I'm just at my house right now. Oh, that's nice.
1: I love being home. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's like, I wish um, I was home.
1: Well, I should probably go because I'm doing a podcast right now.
0: But it's so nice
1: to meet you, and I'm so happy we had this moment. Did you take a screenshot of both of us? Yes, yeah, take your tickets. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay, we got a really cute one. It's so nice to meet you, and, and you have the best friend.
0: Yes. Jake and Reese, everybody. Come on. That, was, that awesome. was iconic.
1: That was awesome.
0: Thank you for doing that. Uh, that oh my was God, of course. so cute.
1: I lost track of who Thank was so next. Much. Oh my God. I did Thank too. You. I think I, he's yeah. Yes, you're ready. How's Willie doing? Yes. My m- okay. little mouse. Willie. Willie. Willie is my dog. Um, <laughs> Willie is doing so well. He's His, his, mo- his grandma is babysitting him right now Aww. in the woods. Because I'm working this week, and so he doesn't like to obviously be at home alone in my apartment. So he's having—he's at a spa vacation in the woods with his yes. grandmother, who feeds him off the table. So <laughs> he's having a great time. <laughs> yeah. But I was with him this morning, and I gave him a bath Aww. and a bully stick, and he's very happy.
0: Yeah, just spoiling my him little mouse. I had to. Yeah.
1: He has to know where his—that uh, his mother is always his favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like bribing my son. <laughs> right. It's important. Yeah, <laughs> I will always. buy his love. It's the last thing I oh do. Oh my God,
0: literally, though, like dog owners do everything for oh. their animals. <laughs> Speaking Billy from is experience. A but Billy yeah. He is an p- absolute prince. I mean, the puppy face is real. Like, oh. they look at you and you're like, okay, anything you want. Yes. My I'm
1: dog can, I, I'll do anything yeah. for him.
0: You will become the uh, veterinarian. He loves the <laughs> house. I will become his vet. actually will because
1: he, this was a great, so during the pandemic, uh, I did obviously take him to the vet to do the yearly checkup, but that you couldn't go in. Mm-hmm. And so I had to, just, they had to come to the car and get him, but he doesn't do well um, getting shots. Oh. And so they were like, you have to put a muzzle on him. <gasps> uh
0: uh-uh.
1: is safe and it's fine. I don't know if you've ever tried to put a muzzle <laughs> on, on a dog. <laughs> who acts like an iguana. (laughs) Um, Don't know why Iguana came out, but that's really where I went. Just like wiggling around. And so I'm like in the backseat, like at war with him trying to get this muzzle. Keep in mind, he's on the two sedatives the vet has given me. And he's still like, Argh! and I was like, Argh! and so I'm like battling him. He's 30 pounds. No. He's not large. Oh my and God. I was like trying to get it on. I was like, I'm sorry. I love you. And he was like, I hate you. Yeah. It was a battle to the death. And he won. I couldn't get the muzzle no, on. Man. And we left. And uh, I tried again the next week. Like he won. I took him to the vet and he won. Yep. So Willie
0: runs this house. Yes, Willie. Really, yeah. Yes, Willie. Really, yeah. What a question. I
1: raised a strong boy. <laughs> oh my God.
0: That's everything. Proud, yeah.
1: Do you that's guys, anyone else have
0: questions? I have two questions. Um What do your
1: tattoos mean? I know. I wanted to ask. Jesse and Friends is a show that my friend Jesse Thomas puts on. Jesse Thomas is uh, one of my absolute favorite people. Uh, I was a super fan of hers before I tricked her into being my friend. Uh, <laughs> back in the day, um, we used to play these like uh, Room 5 concerts, songwriter showcases together, and like I was 17. Actually, and Phoebe Bridgers was the okay. other underage kid. So it was me, Phoebe, and Jesse. And Phoebe and I were like, both had our moms drop us off. Like we were so young and not allowed to be there. Um, but so we uh, would do these songwriter showcases back in the day and Jessie's brought them back and she calls them Jessie and friends. So mm-hmm. that is the most, But she brings together like the best songwriters and, and she travels around with it in Nashville and New York and LA. And so that, oh, doing those is like my absolute joy, heaven, love. Jessie Thomas is the most important person. I love her. Um, and uh, uh, my tattoos. Okay, I have the lot. Yes. Um, <laughs> obviously uh, an easy one the moment I let go of it was the moment I got more than I could handle this yes. is what I got yeah right after oh jagged clothes God. yes and um, so that was that's the newest one and then I'll tell you my favorite story um, yeah. this one is a little crystal ball and I don't actually know if I've told this story publicly um but so my dad when he was doing the real thing at the Broadhurst with Jack Lemmon oh um, the Broadhurst is where we got to do Jagged Little Pill yeah. and mm-hmm. um, he, right before, him and Jack would enter on the same side of the stage every day. And right before the show, Jack would say, Jack Lemon, if you don't know, um, one of the most iconic actors of all time. Um, legendary uh, genius. His gravestone reads, Jack Lemon in.
0: Oh. The grave. My God. Um, <laughs> that's the,
1: yeah. And yeah, that's the So, we're in the wing, or they're in the wing. And every night, Jack would say, magic time and so before every show my dad has ever done every opening night my mom would always say to him it's magic time it's like the one superstition he believes in and so before my Broadway debut in Spring Awakening I was staying with my parents my dad leaned out the door and he was like hey kid it's magic time and so I knew I wanted to get this and then the craziest thing—so I don't know if you guys know Sydney Lemon at all but she's an incredible actress who is Jack's granddaughter so Sydney and I met um years later, uh, and it was sort of like, we had this magical experience. I was sort of like meeting a long lost family member. Jack was sort of like a father to my dad. And we'd we'd grown up hearing stories about the other ones, like her grandfather and my dad and whatnot. And so I told her about this and she goes, that's crazy because my brother has a tattoo that says it's magic time. (gasps) And so it's really this phrase that has just meant so much to both of our families. Um, And so this is definitely probably one of my favorite ones. And the craziest part of that was that They did that play at the Broadhurst, where my dad got his first Tony nomination, which is then where we did Jagged Little Pill, where I got mine,
0: which is (laughs) Full circle moment. Very full circle. That's amazing.
1: Really special.
0: Oh, that's so fun. I know.
1: I'm trying to think if any... uh, There's like... I have a Jagged illustration, a Spring Awakening illustration. I have my Dead Fish's initials. (laughs) I have a quote from Just Kids, the Patti Smith book. I have my best friend's initial. I have a snake, which is another matching one with my best friend. Uh... I have, I have so many um what am I forgetting oh a quote from my grandma she's hold 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 forever if you have to and then the curtain closes and you can die she said that to her she was a dance teacher Wow. and so she was talking about holding the pose at the end of the thing but I thought that's sort of the greatest metaphor for life like just keep holding on and then and, and then you'll be done and then you can rest but till then just keep holding on keep fighting wow. That's what she did. She worked till the day she died. Oh my god. Teaching ballet!
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love how all of them kind of have to do with not only like your life but also just like the industry and like what it means like I like going on every night I'm sure it's just like friendly reminders and it's just like wow I I needed that.
1: Yeah I think that especially Broadway um, it is not for the faint of heart. Mm -mm. It is not um, easy. It is you're never going on stage feeling a hundred percent. There is always something hurting, whether it is your brain or your ankle or your throat. You're in pain, sort of a little bit all the time. Um, you know, uh, it's not a career that is all too sustainable as a performer. Mm-hmm. It's not one that provides, you know, unless you're really at a at a extraordinary level of success. It's a career that, like a lot of people, have to take second jobs. In the off days it's a career that you do because you love it Mm -hmm. and I think that you know there's so much that I would love to change about that sentence (laughs) but that's something for the unions yeah um, (laughs) I don't need to get into that but where we're at today it is a doing Broadway is something that you do because you love it it is what you do because you grew up in your town and you performed on your kitchen table and you did community theater and it was the only time you felt seen or heard, the only time you felt accepted. And I think that in order to show up eight times a week, it's that fire inside of you that is sort of the only driving force. And so having these little reminders from me of this community that I get the, the absolute distinct honor to be a part of it's just everything. I mean, it, I'm, I'm the luckiest person in the world to even get to step on a Broadway stage, to get to tell that story even once. Mm-hmm. To get to do it in two different shows eight times a week, holy shit. Yeah. I, and to then get to sit here at Broadway Con, the coolest group of people in the world in <laughs> front of you, like... I'm the luckiest person in the world. I really am, and it means the world to me that you guys are here and that you asked me to do this. Oh, my
0: God. Well, we appreciate you doing this. Uh, I mean, to, I, yeah, sure. they, they, they're not <laughs> in their heads yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, seriously, we we've had an incredible time, and it just all these great reminders of what it's like to be in the industry and just talking about your journey and learning more about you has just been such a joy. So I appreciate you for taking the time and I know you're not working and all the things. So she's got a film tomorrow and I everything. Do. She's like, so she's a really busy girl. Job. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, seriously. I mean, this industry is not easy, but, um, but we do it because we love it and we do it because we know that we're helping others and bringing light to them. And you know, helping others with whatever they may be struggling with and honestly it helps us too. Yes, so,
1: absolutely. You guys yeah. save my life every day. So thank oh, you for
0: that. That's amazing. Well, I think that's a perfect place to end. Thank you all for joining. I do want to have it on record, though, that Catherine Gallagher's—it smells amazing. <laughs> um, I just—I just want to say, because I can smell it throughout this whole podcast, and I've been like, wow. And I hugged her, and I was like, I remember saying, it. but yeah, I was just like, wow. Okay. I love it. Sorry. Don't tell so sorry. I just wanted it on record.
1: Um, Don't tell everyone,
0: you know. Yes, <laughs> Catherine Gallagher. <laughs>
1: It's Le Labo Noir. <laughs> What's the perfume? What
0: when you said you like it was a dream to cry in Patina Miller's yeah. arms, I was like, you just smell so good that <laughs> I want to do that. You, know? you can cry in my arms Okay,
1: today. Okay, okay, okay. Many you, thank people you. have. Oh, my God. Oh, you made me cry. Stop it. I had stop tears it. in my eyes. Oh, my God. Yeah, no,
0: no, you're the sweetest. But, yes, no, thank, you. thank you all for joining us this, today you. for this hour. Uh, it's been so much fun. Thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you Seriously. so much. A so Take a sweet. bow, Katherine Gallagher. I mean that it was just so much fun and you can hear it from just the conversation alone. She was so beautifully candid in her storytelling and it really meant a lot because everyone was invested from, from the moment that she started telling her story, you know, which is like the first question that I ask everybody. And then she got into spring awakening and how much it meant to her. And then she talked about jagged little pill and what that was like for her and, 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 allowing to trust us and the listeners and the audience and me enough to say, no, I, I wasn't positive and I, I was struggling during that time of, you know, having to go on stage eight times a week and kind of be depressed. So it really meant a lot to to just have that kind of conversation. And so once again, I just really wanted to thank her. And she came on her day off from like filming a TV show that she's currently working on. And yeah, just like coming in and being that candid with us and just being real and just having a safe space. And, and being so sweet of inviting a friend that uh, felt like she looked like her and just to FaceTime her and just like do all these things. Like she was just the sweetest and I had never met her. So she like totally didn't have to do any of this. And she did. And we had a wonderful time together. And she was so, so nice to me afterwards and beforehand just talking and getting to know each other a little bit. And uh, yeah, I I just had a wonderful time and feel like her career is so fascinating and what she's doing now with the music industry and all of that. Like, it's just so incredible and she's doing all the things and she's going to be such a star because she's still young and we're going to be seeing her for, for years to come both on the screen on broadway in the music industry she's already a grammy winner so like she she this is the beginning and i'm just so honored to to be able to have her on and talk to her and uh just to have that type of conversation that we have because sometimes you know lately i feel like the the content of take a Bell has kind of grown up a little bit because Lately, it was in the beginning. It was so much more of like, uh, oh yes, the happy-go-lucky stuff about the industry and all these things. But I feel like we're really diving into what it's really, really like to be in the industry, and I that's what I want. Like, I want to provide you all with that type of content, the real content that you know what's going on in the industry, and you know, and, and being real and not sugarcoating anything as much uh, as sometimes we we feel like we need to or or anything like that. So, um. Obviously, that's going to depend on guest to guest, but just to to be able to get those special episodes where it's really like that to know what it's like to be a performer in the industry and to to know the mental stages that you have to go through and being a performer in the industry and being with a character and taking on a character and knowing all these things like it's just it's these lessons are invaluable. And um, I'm just really excited that I get to bring that to you all. And that's what's keeping me going. So um, I hope that you're enjoying them. And I hope that you continue to enjoy them because we're not stopping anytime soon. And uh, this is this is great. And we are we are growing and we are doing all the things. So stay tuned because we have some amazing stuff planned. And um, yeah, I just can't wait to, to share it all with you. So Everyone, thank you for listening to this week's episode. Once again, thank you for everyone to coming out to BroadwayCon to watch these lives. The friend that I mentioned that is a loyal Take a Bow listener actually literally came to BroadwayCon for that day just to come see Take a Bow do a couple panels. It was it really means a lot. And so to have, to hear that and to share those stories and to share those memories with people, it's it's. It's hard to put into words, but it it really does mean a lot, and I appreciate it all so much. So thank you again, and I will see you all next week with another great episode. So until then, I love you all, and have a great week. For this episode's Curtain Call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Brittany Bigelow, Katie Rosen, Alan Seals, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow is Tessie Tokash, who edits the audio and all the visuals for this podcast. A special thanks to patrons Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners at PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron